theory is what I've realized. If you're universally loved, you probably aren't taking a strong enough stance on anything. You're almost like a wet fish in some ways because you mm-hmm. don't have a backbone. You're not like speaking up on anything. Perfect intro, Amelia Boone. Not to get political, but, you know, to six Supreme Court justices, you know who you are, on behalf of the sane, rational world that refuses to institute a caste system which views women as lesser humans and second-class citizens, because for or against choice, if you're a woman, you're now officially and legally a second-class citizen in the United States of America. So, to you, Supreme Court injustices, fuck you, you pieces of shit. And I say that super nicely. Okay, cool. Done with that part of the intro. Okay, so this week is episode number 99 of Nice Work, podcast of the Super Nice Club, where we're just trying to make the world with your help, a little nicer place, a 10% nicer. And you know, no small part, no small part of that is a world where women own their bodies. Am I right or am I right? I'm right, I'm super right. And if you disagree, it's cool, but you're wrong. But I still love you because all you have to do to be right is change your mind. Yeah, do it, do it now. You can, seriously, ready? And poof. You respect women. See there? So easy. Now you're a nice person. Welcome back to the club. Okay, so this episode is rad for a couple of reasons. And if you catch that reference again, rad, later on in the episode, and you're the first one to message me, I'll send you a shirt or a hat. Okay, anyway. Uh, It's rad for a couple of reasons. One, because, well, Amelia Boone and Ryan Van Duzer are the guests. Amelia is one of the most accomplished athletes in the history of obstacle course racing. Um, You know, if you don't know what obstacle course racing is, you can look it up. It's just crushingly difficult form of endurance racing. She's also an incredible endurance racer. Long distance running, 100 mile races, all that crazy stuff. She's been ranked as one of the 50 fittest women by Sports Illustrated. She's been featured on... ESPN, Outside Magazine, Men's Health, Women's Running, a whole bunch of other publications in print, online, TV, whatever. Uh, And she's also an attorney for Apple. Apple's a a desktop computer company that recently started making uh, phones, of all things. I don't really get the connection, but I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it'll work out. Uh, So if you're here to tune in for, um, you know, more info about Amelia's very well-chronicled racing career, updates on her ultra-running, or the personal struggles about which she's been wonderfully open. And by that, I mean she's changed a whole bunch of lives. So if you know anyone struggling with an eating disorder, I can't recommend highly enough that you have that person find Amelia's blog and just start reading. Anyway, if you're here for any of that, that's totally not what we're going to cover. Totally not what we're going to talk about this time. Um, We pretty much just talk shit for an hour. Uh, So I hope that's interesting too. I hope you don't get offended. Maybe you will. 
I mean, maybe I hope you do. If you're trying to offend someone, you hope they get offended, right? Yeah, okay. So hope you get offended. Then there's Ryan Van Duzer, super nicely, who we've also had on as a guest before. It can it can it can it can be argued that his appearance on this podcast led to his current, and I'm gonna say forever, romantic relationship with yeah, Amelia Boone. We'll get into that in a minute. Now, Ryan's just an amazing human. He is. Forget what he does and what he's done, which is a lot. He's just a great, great guy. I love Ryan Van Duzer. Uh, he's an athlete, an endurance runner, but where he really shines, where he's most uh, balanced, <laughs> is on a bicycle. Um, he's a born and bred mountain boy from the foothills of the Rockies. He's a content creator, motivational speaker, bicycle racer, influencer, bike advocate guy. Uh, and he puts all his heart into inspiring people to get off their couches and explore our beautiful planet, preferably on top of two wheels. His content has appeared on the Travel Channel, Discovery Channel, Men's Journal, National Geographic, and a bunch of other places. And I said this before in the last podcast, but the man is a bucket full of sunshine and a bag of unicorn feathers all in one. Oh, I'm realizing this time that's not quite right. Pegasus. Pegasus feathers. Pegasus are so much cooler than unicorns, and they don't really get a lot of respect. Everybody's like, oh, unicorn, blah, blah, blah. What about a flying unicorn? Why isn't that the coolest thing? Why isn't that, like, the one of a kind? Like, take a unicorn and make it absolutely more improbable, because all a unicorn is is, like, a, a horse with a, with a growth on its forehead, right? Nah, man, you make it fly, Pegasus. That's baller. That's cool. That's unique. Enough unicorn stuff. Let's advocate for more respect and honoring of Pegasuses. All right. The other reason why this episode is rad. I haven't even had any coffee today. I don't drink coffee. This is just me. I'm amazing, right? Yeah, you'd love it. All right. The other reason why this episode is rad is it's the second to last episode of Nice Work, probably. Uh, one more episode makes number 100. Then we're just going to hang it up, probably. Uh, the last episode, number 100, will be, uh, I'm just honored, the best, most famous, most impressive guest we're lucky enough to have on this podcast. By we, I mean me. Um, not sure how I landed him, but man, he's pretty much the embodiment of the Super Nice Club. Yeah, you'll see. You'll just have to wait for episode 100. All right. You ready? You ready? Let's do this. Turn off everything else. Tune out the rest of the world and drop in to nice work with Amelia Boone and Ryan Van Duzer. Amelia, Ryan, Ryan, Amelia, welcome to Nice Work. I get to talk to you both today. That's so cool. Hi. Yay! I know. I see you. Where are you? Who's are you at either one's house? Are you at somebody's mom's house? Where where are you guys? Yeah. <laughs> you just we're saving we're part? saving money to buy a house, so we're living in my mom's basement. <laughs> nice. It's great. It's got oh, nice big yeah. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> we're at my house. She's okay. making us sandwiches for lunch, and so she was going to come down and give them to us. Apparently, I can't stick with jokes. Yeah. <laughs> so you're? Are you? Uh, where are you at? We're at what my house right now. We are in Golden, Colorado. Ryan, where? I don't remember what city. I thought you were in Boulder. Why? Yes, I... born and raised in Boulder, Colorado. Proudly okay. Boulder. Was there a high school in Golden that you would like? Golden High School sucks. No, no. It, the rival high school was in South Boulder, Fairview High School. They suck. Oh, okay. South Boulder. It's South Boulder a, sucks. Golden didn't yeah. even register in terms right. of like, it was like, oh, 
we wouldn't even go down there. So well, Golden's like kind of far away, and you know, yeah, yeah, it doesn't register, but it is where Coors Beer is from. The plant is still. You can go do those tour. It's been shut down for the past two years because of COVID, but yeah, you can go tour the Coors factory. I would probably do the Coors tour. I did a Weinhards tour in Portland once. Oh yeah, I've done that. So since this episode is just the three people riffing, I I do have one thing that I'm going to use as a prop, which is Instagram. And I'm going to go to your Instagram just to kind of catch up on what y'all been doing lately. So I'm going to look at your most recent posts and everybody. Yeah. So Amelia, your most recent post, you're standing next to some guy kind of looks like Ryan. Yeah, it is a big horn trail run finish in Dayton, Wyoming. Yeah. Posted eight hours ago. How did you get from Dayton, Wyoming to Golden in eight hours? <laughs> well, it's only a six and a half hour drive. Oh. So there we go. We we drove pretty quickly. She drove. We all know that Ryan does not drive a car. He only rides a bike. So thank you, Amelia. You're welcome. So you didn't come into the race with much confidence given a questionable training block, but you're glad you did it. You clawed your way back. So this was like a climbing thing? Or yes. were you speaking is that figuratively? I don't really get it. I'm very literal. Very literal. Yes. Yeah. I was literally, well, I, at points I think I was just crawling up the side of a mountain. <laughs> yeah. It was a tough race. It was, you know, it uh, taught, it reminded me a lot of world's toughest mudder and just, it was very, very muddy. It was mud everywhere. It was kind of, it was brutal, except there are no obstacles. So you just run for a hundred miles. There were giant mountains in your way. There were. That's an obstacle. There were. Definite obstacle. How many people in this race? Uh, Like 300 ish. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they do that. I know this isn't really like a, a, a race podcast, but I'm just curious. So, but do they do it like, will they do at WTM and other ones where the people who are considered sort of um, potential top finishers, do you start in the front and all that? Or is it just like everybody go? I think like everybody go because yeah. I mean, it's a long, it's going to take you over 24 hours. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. you gotta settle out to where you're going to end up, you know? Yeah, just 50 um, yards doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah, you're not no. sprinting off the line. <laughs> you could. You should. Why not? Why not sprint off the line? That would be you know, yeah. psychologically. Uh, oh, totally. The intimidation. I think I've seen videos of like 200-mile starts where mm-hmm. everybody sprints, and then about 100 yards later, they all just slow to a walk. Okay, so you did the Big Horde Trail Run finish. Congratulations. Way to go. It's, it was a really big deal. I'm going to be the proud boyfriend here for a second. Extremely hard race, 20,000 feet of vert, running oh my God. snow fields, post-holing through snow and mud. And I was there to help her out and support her. And she was an absolute rock star. She went through some highs and lows. And it was incredible to see her. And uh, she's the best. I don't even know how you guys know each other. How do you guys even know each other? <laughs> you played a, a role in this. Uh-huh. You know, buddy. So if you want to tell this really quickly... She came through Boulder in 2019 for like an athlete meetup. At the time, I had a YouTube channel called Running with Ryan, where I would go running with elite athletes, and it was just kind of like a podcast. I didn't know who she was at the time, but one of my followers knew her and said, hey, Amelia Boone is coming to Boulder. You should get her on your show. So I reached out, sent a DM, said, hey, I have this show. It's really fun. We'll have a great time. And then she wrote back and said, "Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But she was injured and she was very polite about it. But she said no. And I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this, this badass babe gets hit up by guys all the time. She's just blowing me off. And um, 
Then she came to Boulder for the summit and I, I met her. I like shook her hand. Hi, I'm Ryan. Nice to meet you. But that was about it. Mm-hmm. Fast forward three years to Leadville 100, August 2021. Two years. What? Two years. Two years? Yeah. Two years. How many days? 700-ish days? Man, it took a long time for us to come together. And I tweeted out that I was doing Leadville 100 and she saw that and wrote, hey, if you need any help, let me know. And I was like, ooh, Amelia Boone wants to help me. This is amazing. And we did some behind the scenes messaging. And she said, yeah, I'd love to come pace you. And for the listeners who don't know what a pacer is, a pacer comes in at the end of an ultra just to keep you upright, essentially. Because at the end of an ultra, you're hurting real bad. And it's nice to have somebody there for support. Usually your pacers are people that you know really well, that you've run with a ton. And Amelia offered to do this. And I was like, awesome. I'm excited. And so day of the race, I wake up that morning knowing that Amelia is going to come find me at mile 60 of the Leadville 100. And sure enough, there she was. And that was the first time we ever spent quality time together was mile 60 to mile 75 of the Leadville 100. God, what if you'd gotten a cramp at like mile 42 or something? (laughs) I know. I would, it may never have happened. I would never yeah. have known. Yeah, you, what, that's kind of, I mean, just, I might have said, hey, why don't you pace me like a mile 10 or something just to be sure, right? Yeah. Why did you push it off to 60? That's some confidence right there. not allowed until 60. Oh, really? So oh, okay. By yourself. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. Was- yes. But I remember running into the aid station, kind of excited that I was about to get to run with Amelia Boone. Big deal, Boone. Has anybody ever called you that? (laughs) Big deal, Boone. Big deal, Boone. So that happened somewhere. Okay, so Amelia, we did a podcast on Nice Work episode. Hold on, I did write it down. 27. Yeah. And then, Ryan, you did episode 66, Mm. which would have been, because it was about one a week at that point, uh, 40, what is that, 40 weeks, 39 weeks later? Yeah. And then... We talked briefly about Amelia. I think it was like, well, I haven't, you know, it's weird to me that you guys haven't met. Um, so it happened, must have been not too much after that then, huh? It was, Yeah, because it was after, because I think I remember we did the podcast in like May 2020. It was pretty mm-hmm. early. And then, and then I remember you reaching out and you're like, I'm going to interview Ryan Van Duzer. Um, do you have anything that I should ask him? And I think I told you, yeah, you ask him if he'll go on a date with me. You did. Yep. Yeah. And I did. And, and Todd, you did ask that. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I was kind of dumbfounded and excited on the inside and kind of played it off like, oh, yeah, cool. You did play it off really well. I mean, I do remember it. You were just kind of like, oh, yeah. I was like, hmm. All right. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, um, when he didn't talk to me for the next eight months. I reached out right after and I said, let's ride bikes or go on a run. I wasn't like fly enough to like say, let's go on a date. Cause I, I'm just like, I have no game when it comes to like macking ladies. Oh God, you just- <laughs> <laughs> One would never know. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, you're sitting next to Amelia right now. So yeah, gotta, something's happening. Before Leadville happened, we had a couple exchanges here and there. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I see you're running near Boulder. It's so beautiful. Welcome to Colorado. She had just moved to Colorado. Very, very, very mild. I wouldn't even call it flirting. It was just like being nice, being nice, being super nice. Yeah. Yeah. Leadville. She drops me off at mile 75 
and I completely collapse and struggle to the finish line because I miss her so much. I appreciate it. I can't go any further. Amelia is not pacing me anymore. My will, my excitement to, to run just really it's evaporated. Result. Wow. That's too bad. It's too bad that, you know, I following you, I had always thought you'd been a very self-motivated person, you know, that had never been an issue for you. <laughs> Well, I had never met Amelia Boone. Uh, <laughs> so I, you, I, I ruined your life. Yeah, things, yeah. yeah, Seriously, I finished the race. I was very grateful for her help. I think I texted her the next day. Hey, you know, I'd never had a pacer before. And I was, people are like, you need to buy your pacer like a gift certificate or something for all the time they spent to like come help you. And I was like, okay. So I wrote her saying, hey, do you have a favorite restaurant? I would love to buy you a gift certificate. And she's like, no, that's okay. We'll go on a bike ride someday. And then <laughs> three months later in December, she was in Boulder to lead a group run at a store. And I saw on her social media that she was coming to Boulder. And I was like, oh, I should go and see Amelia. It's been since Leadville since I've said hi to her. And I was kind of hesitant because it was December and it was dark. I'd already been running that day. But my mom was all about this meeting. My mom. So when I told my mom that, Amelia was pacing me at Leadville. She started investigating this Amelia woman following <laughs> her on social media and was really excited about this Amelia uh, prospect. And so my mom that day was like, you should go, you should go, you should go. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Ah. And then finally I did go and met her at this group run in Boulder in December. And we chatted, I walked in the door, there she was. And we decided then that we would go riding bikes that following Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So our first, that, like, that was your first date. Our first yeah. date really that was, was riding bikes up to a town called Gold Hill. And it was really fun. We got to know each other. She crashed on her bike. I, I did, yes. <laughs> I, in my defense, the wind knocked me over. I was going slow enough that the wind just knocked me over. Yeah, that's when you put your foot down, usually, when you're going that slow. I don't know a lot about biking, but uh, I mean, yeah. didn't Joe Biden fall off his bike? Yeah, I was going to say it was, it, was a it was like a, fall. It was like a Biden-esque fall. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see the video of the Biden fall, but I did notice it made like the front page in the, the, the top of my Google News feed. And everything. Wow, slow news day. President falls off bike. <laughs> exactly. But you know, sorry, I didn't didn't because well, to be fair, Bush Jr., baby Bush, didn't he fall off something like a electric? Um, oh, like a Segway. Segway. Yeah, was it him? Yeah, that's way dorkier. When when segways were a thing, for sure. <laughs> yeah, segways were supposed to, you know, revolutionize our built environments of our cities. You know, that was what was Dean. What was that guy's name? Dean Carnassus. Dean Carnassus. Yeah, like he had some seriously huge hopes for segways. Oh, this is amazing! This is the best segway ever. Because I didn't want to talk about this. Yeah. Um, this is weird. Look at this. I have like a big sweat stain under my armpit. That's that doesn't need so to happen nervous. to me. I must be. No, I don't know. This I had sweat stains when I was hanging out with Amelia. The first Maybe time. this shirt is like part poly or something. Segwaying about segways, they were supposed to be this this way to rebuild our built environment. Right. And right now, people thinking, I wanted to ask you guys about this. Let me see. Like people thinking about electric cars, right? Being the big revolution in transportation with um, you know, Volkswagen now leading the way. Actually, they are. They're supposed to overtake Tesla by the, by the end of 2024. Yeah, in the number of cars, according to a Bloomberg Insider study. Anyway, but isn't electric cars, isn't that sort of like the lowest lift? 
that we can do. Like the big lift is 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 redesigning and rebuilding already built environments away from this car centric yep. world and toward pedestrian and right. bicycle centered living. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean. I just feel like there's so many minds and organizations and uh, there are a lot of bicycle uh, focused nonprofits out there that have created really realistic city plans to make mm-hmm. this happen. You know, but we, the people just really aren't demanding this. Um, Ryan, have you worked with many of or talked with many or advocated for many of these groups that are looking to sort of uh, reinvigorate and, and make the, the bike the centerpiece of the city? Absolutely. I've worked a lot with People for Bikes. It's a national bicycle advocacy group, the League of American Cyclists and lots of local groups in Boulder. We have something called Community Cycle. So, yeah, there, you know, electric cars are cool and everything. And we're, we're reducing our reliance on oil, but they're still cars. Yeah. Three thousand pounds. Yeah. And they're super heavy. of the time, there's just one little person in it. Yeah. What, is the bike, what is the bike weight? 25, 30 pounds, 40 pounds? It depends on a bike, but I'd say an e-bike's around 40 to 50. Yeah. No, a bike, a regular bike. A regular bike? Okay, yeah, yeah. 25 to 30. I love where yeah. the world of e-bikes is, is taking bicycle transportation because it allows- Like that, right? Like that is amazing. Yeah. It allows people that wouldn't otherwise be able to rip on trails or ride bikes around town. It's an equalizer. Like my mom, I got my mom an e-bike about four years ago. And before she could never dream of riding with me anywhere. Right. And with an e-bike and she can cruise with me or faster than me. And we can have this shared experience. Whereas before I would go on all these bike adventures and tell her about it. And she would just be like, oh, that's cool. That's not something I'm ever going to do. But now right. with e-bikes, a lot of, you know, people who have injuries or other reasons why they can't, you know, ride a regular bike, they get an e-bike and they can cruise, they can go grocery shopping and it's fun. They're still getting exercise. It's mm-hmm. one less car on the road. And I think it's a great thing. And your mom can crush you on the hills now. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think that it would be great. Like, I know if you're listening to this, a lot, of, a lot of you, a lot of us probably think it's ridiculous. There's no way that we can just even imagine reclaiming parking spaces and parking lots and shutting down, you know, some municipalities are shutting down little areas, but like really making the bicycle and making uh, the pedestrian, the benchmark for the health and functioning of a city. Yeah. Right. It can totally be done. The plans are out there and well, imagine, you know, all the jobs, right? Yep. And one of the reasons why I love Boulder, I'm a very proud Boulder guy is because of we've taken uh, a lot of, strides in making boulder a very bike friendly pedestrian friendly place Mm -hmm. it's a community where you can bike everywhere walk everywhere bus everywhere and communities like that are are vibrant you know your neighbors when you're on a bike you can stop and and talk to people when you're in a car you're enclosed you have air conditioning on you're listening to a stereo you're not really interacting with the outside world but when you're on a bike it's it's just fun we think back to our best childhood memories and a Mm -hmm. lot of we learned how to ride a bike and the sense of freedom. And I think people are regaining that sense of excitement. My first trip to the hospital, you know, BMX bike. Yeah. <laughs> first, first stitches all up in here is like, oh, yeah. Me, man. It was crazy. yeah. Um, down by the Creek. But yeah, it's th- that pace. The thing that you're talking about is so cool on a bike or you know, even better in some ways when you're walking, like the, the sights and sounds line up and the, the smells, line up they don't in a car when you're walking and biking 
you just notice so much more about your own neighborhood. When I lived in Chicago, I walked everywhere. Or you take the L. Mm -hmm. Um, Though everyone there, that's the problem is everyone has their headphones in. So Mm -hmm. it's not as friendly as like people because like nobody wants to talk to each other. Everyone's just like head down. Mm, Yeah. Well, Chicago subway in the summer is awesome. It is. So comfortable. It is. Yeah. <laughs> by the by, the way, to be clear, uh, I don't I don't want to at all sound like a sanctimonious about the bike thing. I don't own a bike. Mine got stolen. Mine got stolen at Burning Man, and um, <laughs> I, I haven't replaced it since. I live on a big hill. So I would. Burning Man. I don't think it was right. stolen. I'm guessing Todd had a big night and forgot where he left it. <laughs> I, I have had some big nights at Burning Man. <laughs> Most of my friends just forget where they left their bikes. No, it was it was stolen from our camp. Uh, the last one I went to was a work burn for me. I did a lot of work at the camp. And so I didn't really go hard as much. Um, I mean, I did, I did a lot of drugs, let's be fair. And I did them all at once. I've like, I've never done more different drugs at the same time as I did the last Burning Man, but eventually they just sort of like counteracted each other. I think I'm like, like, was it a good combo? Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I've, I'll, Maybe I'm lucky, but I've never had a negative experience on any sort of um, hallucinogen. When you said that, I went to 7-Eleven recently and got a Slurpee for the first time in years. And I added all the flavors into the Slurpee. Yeah, it turns brown. Yeah, and it's still, it's awesome. So when you were talking about all the drugs at once, that reminded me of my super rainbow Slurpee. It's the same thing. Do you know, do you guys know the trick? uh, How to? I didn't learn this until I was well into my 30s. The brain freeze trick for Slurpees. Like oh, how does no. it stop the brain freeze? No. You get brain freeze. It, it does work. Uh, you just take the tip of your tongue and press it into the top of your mouth. Mm. Oh. Well, and there's, there's a cluster of nerves there or something like that. And so, yeah, you press your tongue to the top of your mouth. It makes the brain freeze go away. It works. I think of this entire podcast, that's what people are going to take away. Yeah. I think so. And, I do tips and tricks, and there we go. It's, it's, there's probably a TikTok on it, right? Are there any other life hacks we can talk about? To help right. People? Yeah, let's what make, else do you know? Let's make this useful. I want to know, speaking of life hacks, like I said this morning, I'm, doing, I'm in physical therapy right now for my left wrist, which, um, as you guys both know, like I work out a, a ton. Like I'm, yeah. I'm ripped. You can see. You know, right. Totally. Um, no, but if I take my, my left wrist and do anything where it kind of goes at a 90 degree angle, like push-ups or planks, turns out working out a lot of things make you go at a 90 degree angle on your wrist. But I have like a, an ulnar side issue that's just been plaguing me for years. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure I would have been like a top Spartan athlete. This is the thing that held me back. Um, I, I would agree. Yeah. But I'm in PT now really trying to fix it. And you guys have both done a fair share of physical therapy. I'm guessing you have too, right, Ryan? Uh, not like as much. Rehab? No? Uh, Amelia's I'm, done that. I'm the broken one. In yeah. The- Sometimes I'm wondering, like, did they diagnose it right? Are these the right exercises? Like, I'm doing this every day. When do I know if it makes it better? How do I – just the, the, the desire to keep doing it, it's been hard for me. And this is a really minor issue. Like, did how you, do you know when it's working? Do you ask your physical therapist when should this start working? That's the number one key. That's a, that's a really good point. I should ask the physical therapist how long it'll take. Thanks, Amelia. Wow. I didn't even think about that. I'm just like doing it. Yeah, the health professional, what they what they say. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll do that. I'm going in tomorrow morning. Uh, you know, Amelia, is, we've been together now six months, and what she's really good at is being open and honest and asking questions. And I think that's a good 
way to start any relationship, whether it's with somebody you love or with your physical therapist. Well, I've been to two sessions with a physical therapist now. And I'm oh, like, this yes, is never still like, come you on. Fix you in two sessions? Well, yeah, it's like 200 bucks a session. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> on, right? Like, it better be fixed pretty soon. Have, um, you done, have you done acupuncture or anything like that? I have done acupuncture for this one, yeah. Um, I've done acupuncture. I've done a lot of different things. But now I, what I really want is to get an x-rays. I really want to get a MRI to see what's going on in there. But in order for me to get that, first I have to go through the physical therapy stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, about how health insurance so, is broken. I mean, I could just pay cash for an MRI. Yeah. And it's you save a lot of money doing it that way. But I also kind of, okay, I'll go through this. Maybe it's not, you know, it would really help me if I could fix this. I can still do pull-ups. I can yeah. still jump rope, but I can't do any of other stuff. And what other ailments? Oh yeah, my big toe. My God, I can't do anything on my big toe either. It sucks. How with it? Does it not? Does it not bend? Uh, it's not like frozen. It's just if I put any paint, if I like get in a plank position where you would be on your big toe, yeah. or if I do a, a lunge or something. Holy crap! That first, that whole first joint just lights up. Uh, but it's not swollen at all. Like if it was arthritic. Can we? Have, let's just have, turn this into a session. You have like turf toe, pretty much. Oh God, it sucks. And it clicks and clicks a lot. I'm always like twisting it and bending it and pulling and tugging on it. Maybe I shouldn't do any of that. Are you eating anyway. vegetables? No. Uh -uh. Eat, come on. Eat your vegetables. Yeah. Vegetables. Um, I do. I'm, I have a pretty good diet, I think. Yeah. I had oatmeal this morning. With okay. A lot of fruit and granola and nuts and oat milk. There you go. That's solid. Yeah. I had a little pizza pocket right before this podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's some solid food right there. Vegetarian. Yeah. Okay. Vegan, in fact. Yeah. So it's healthy. Anything in the microwave is healthy because it's time saving. Amelia, I maybe maybe you know I'm a big fan of uh, or used to be anyway of Soylent. I did a, I've done two yes, whole I've done two whole Burning Man on Soylent alone. I remember Ooh, you pumping yeah. Soylent. And then I um, remember because it's in the Bay Area, like all the tech roads. Exactly. Like, yeah. I don't yeah. have time to eat. Here's uh -uh. a meal replay. Like, save me. I'm so, this is a life hack. Don't right. eat and then you can be more productive. Yeah. Just, don't eat food. Just drink Soylent and that's drink it. Soylent. Yep. Yeah. And you'll have the fiercest gas in the world. So yeah, there'll be no second dates, but <laughs> <laughs> you will not have wasted time, wasted Wait, time causes, on food. What causes gas from it? I don't know, but it's it's just well known. <laughs> yeah, just your body saying, "Yeah, this ain't right." Quite it. <laughs> it's not it. This it's ain't not it. it. I appreciate the feedback on my my physical ailments. Those are the two. They're both on my left side. Other than that, like I'm back on it. You're good. good. I'm gonna just start training for that thing real soon. What's that thing? I, you know, like something badass and like the Leadville 100. The Leadville 100. Meet meter. Yeah. Hundred meter dash. The hundred meter dash. I would love to get into like like endurance. I think it sounds cool to get out and do a big long race. I love the idea of it. I just my body's like, yeah, maybe not. I mean, I've done a couple of WTMs. One I burned out completely. The other one was really fun. Right. Um and they tell you, like, oh, a normal human can do a pretty good distance. Like anybody can. If you're like in just normal condition. Right. It's what we're built to do. The one thing that I've missed my whole running life so i've never gotten a runner's high hmm. i don't think i've ever gotten a runner's high i think that would change really yeah i know i huh. like i don't understand when people talk about a runner's high like i like running but i never feel like euphoric running right yeah. and that's what the runner's high is supposed to be right 
right? Yeah, I would say I do. Like last night, we got home after driving six hours, and I was gonna go to bed. And it's summertime, so it's great. The sun stays out forever. And yeah. At nine p.m., I decided to go running. And the sun, it was low on the horizon. It was such a beautiful night. Nobody was out. And I was just like feeling so good and so fast. And that happens from time to time. And a lot of runs also suck. But you, you yeah. know, sometimes you just feel like you're in the zone. You're flowing. Well, what kind of visuals? <laughs> yeah. Is it? You know, it's not like a high like you're on shrooms. But it Wait, just feels good. You just feel light. Todd's like, I don't want it. If it's not like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> no fractals? There was one point where I felt like I was getting it. I was excited. I was in Santa Rosa and I, I was running just a little like run. And I was like at six or seven miles. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm feeling really good. Like I could just run forever. Right. Like I am in the zone. I'm at absolute efficiency. I could just keep running and I was like, is this a runner's high? Is this? And then I started to think about it. It was gone. And then you, yeah, you know? yeah. That, maybe that's the problem is I overthink everything. Yeah. It's not like some orgasmic moment where you're just like, everything comes together and there's like shooting stars and unicorns. It's no, just- I, it went away. I got an Uber and I went home and I just <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> well, and then maybe you had a runner's high when you got home and you, you dug into some ice cream. <sighs> I, man, I used to eat a lot of ice cream, which reminds me of root beer floats, which just yeah. makes me want to. I got to ask, Ryan, are you are you on Team Root Beer? I love Root Beer Float. I don't drink it very often, but once in a while, I'll have a Root Beer Float. It reminds me of my dad. He was actually visiting me recently. He came home with some Root Beer Floats, and we just went to town and reminded me of a kid when we were kids. Or That's when my I- whole thing with it is my dad. My dad would, would make Root Beer Floats when I would visit him, and um, it's the thing I do with my kids. But uh, there are definitely a lot of people that are not down with Root Beer. And I, really? Yeah. It really is. Amelia, would that be a deal breaker for you? If he didn't like root beer? Like just somebody. Like you're dating and like, oh, no, <laughs> root beer is fucking horrible. I mean, <laughs> it, it would be it'd be worse if they told me Pop-Tarts were horrible. And then okay. that would be a deal breaker. But root beer would be up there. I are you are you close? I've seen you do different things with Pop-Tarts. Do you have any connection with the company, with marketing or anything? No, no, no. no. So, I, I, I tried for so many years and they just – have ignored me the entire time. So oh. now I just give them the middle finger. It's okay. Yeah. All right. No, so there's no chance of root beer flavored Pop-Tart. There no. was a root beer flavored Pop-Tart. Wait, what? There was. There was an A&W root beer Pop-Tart. They also had like a, a like an A&W cream soda Pop-Tart. When was this? It was like 2008, 2009. They, it no longer exists. Well, I bet you they're on eBay. Do you think they'd still be good? They'd still, yeah. probably still be good. I mean, it's all preservatives so. yeah it's gonna last forever um here let's see here ebay <laughs> uh, ebay um is root beer one of your things i, like I love it i didn't know like i'm a big yeah didn't you listen to our podcast we discussed no. root beer oh you did oh, and the okay. best root beers oh okay and he sent me some root beer oh did i oh i sent you some spreckers spreckers yeah, yeah. it's the best okay root beer pop up here we go oh no exact matches found. Yeah. Mm, huh. cool. is, is Pop-Tart one word? <laughs> Pop-Tart. Is, is root beer one word? <sighs> okay, so this is going to be, you know what, though? I'm adding it to my um, search. They'll, they'll, um, I'm saving the search. There you go. I'm going to mm-hmm. get these things. I'm going to, this is going to, this is, I love having things out in the world that I want because there aren't a lot of things that I want. Some books, you know. Um, right. I just got a new pair of shoes. I was super excited, but I didn't really want them in advance of getting them. 
like there aren't a lot of things that I want, like physical things. So yeah. having having a thing that I want, root beer pop tarts. That's fun. It's just mm-hmm. another thing on my horizon to pull me through life. You know, it gives you a mission. Totally it does. This is great. This has been a great podcast for me. I hope that for you. <laughs> yeah, you're like I've learned all about my body. I, I know. So apparently, you ask your physical therapist how long. I mean, yeah. who would have thought? Who would have thought? A lot of us, this is something I was thinking about a second ago, and I think about every day because almost everybody I talk to, we have the same conversation. Where are we going to go? Right? Is this, are we in the right place? What about home values? What about cost of living? What about water? Uh, I have a lot of family in Colorado. And so, you know, it comes up like, oh, you know, what about getting out to Colorado? But we, being California, like own your water, right? Right. How do you, I mean, what's going on? Is, is Colorado for you too? I know you love it, Ryan. Like, was this, is this a forever place for you? Do you ever talk about other places to live? Do water issues ever come up? Like, I want to know. Yeah, you know, I've always loved Colorado, but I've traveled for the past 15 years, probably 150 to 200 days a year. So it's been nice. It's nice to get out and then you come back yeah. and you really appreciate the state more. But yes, for me, I am very involved with my community and nonprofits and events and childhood friends and my family. I It would be very difficult for me to ever think of leaving this area. But I can, you know, Amelia and I have talked about spending, you know, months in Mexico during the winter or traveling. And so I'm all about that. But as far as like my home, you know, I never say never. Things can change. But Boulder, Boulder means a lot to me. Yeah. The only thing that scares me with Colorado is just fires, fires and climate change and smoke. And it's gotten so bad during the summers, you know, and the air quality and not being able to be outside and train and, you know, Boulder almost burned down and on December 30th. Um, And so it gets to this point. It's like, I would never want to leave Colorado, but at what point, like, does it become unlivable to be here? And I I call California had the exact same thing. I mean, when I was getting out of the Bay area, my entire thing was like, I I just, it's too expensive. You can't buy a home here. Et cetera, et cetera. And I, so I don't know where people are going to go at some point. Apparently, Sweden. apparently Duluth, Minnesota. Finland. Hey, don't, yeah. don't even fun. They're like, we're going to go take a trip out to, um, I have friends out in the Minneapolis area yeah. and they have all kinds of water yep. and it's, it's warming up a little bit. Um, and it's, it's supposed to be the Minnesota area is supposed to be the great lakes region. Yeah. Um, a really sweet spot, uh, in the years ahead. It really is. But fires, I don't, I'm looking right now, at a hillside that was on fire uh, in October 2019, oh, you know, yeah. three, three months before I moved into this house from Santa Rosa, which kind of, you know, had all, yeah. all kinds of fires, right? Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I, I don't know why they don't, when they have big fires, like everybody knows that you just remove the oxygen, right? That's how you kill a flame. So just put a giant like metal dome over the fire. How hard can that be? Yeah. Super or, easy. Or just everybody needs to start riding e-bikes so we're not heating up our atmosphere anymore and problem solved. You think that's it? You think it's e-bikes? E-bikes. Okay. E-bikes I pull it to, to solving most of the world's problems. And that's actually a serious statement. Have you ever seen Elon Musk on a bicycle? <laughs> I have not. I wonder if he knows how to ride a bike. I mean, he's just so much about reducing you know energy consumption. I've never seen the dude on a bike. It's kind of a curious thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, think about how much energy it takes to build a Tesla. So versus to build a bike. Right. But how many, how good is the stereo on a bike? You know what I'm saying? 
Well, you can you can get a rear rack and a Bluetooth speaker. We every Thursday night in Boulder, we have a cruiser ride and we party like crazy and we get some serious tunes pumping out of these bikes. So to answer your question, a loudspeaker. A loudspeaker. Okay. All right. Loudspeaker. I mean, I'm sold. I am sold. Any e-bike company out there that's listening to this that wants to send me one, you will get dozens. Well, LA is unfortunately not very rideable in general, depending on where you are, but. No, it's brutal. And which is why I don't have a bike here. Uh, I live on uh, the top of a thing called Tiger tiger Tail. Even in a car, it's nuts. And there are road bikers that come crush the hill. And I'm just like, bravo to you guys, but dang, you're big risk. And then you come down to the bottom of it and you're at sunset. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, but our yeah. cities are getting better, and that's what's going on with the work of People for Bikes and the League of American Cyclists. We're actually getting people elected who are focusing on pedestrian-centric city planning, and so protected bike lanes, you know, taking over parking spaces, and so we're getting better. There's no doubt. I mean, you look at Europe. Europe is bike-centric as can be, and it's been that way for a long time. We, we are getting better, I, and I just, I just want people to envision it, just like think that it could happen. Like look at all of the office buildings that are probably going to be less and less full because, right. you know, we're remote working. So there are opportunities to sculpt new downtown cores, you know, to sculpt new ways to live and to live a little closer together. We can we can change the suburbs at least in the USA if we wanted to. I'd say get online and just what's a great bike nonprofit that people can just jump into that have a lot of really cool examples, Ryan, top of your head. I would say people for bikes, people for bikes. Is yep. it people for bikes.org? Yep. Yeah. Check out people. I don't know what's on there, but I'm sure it's awesome. Um, <laughs> check out for people. Anytime you go and take a look at people that are advocating for uh, bike use, it's always pretty cool. The examples that they set out more and more cars off the road. It's just a beautiful goal to have. Like I'm not dissing anybody that bought an electric car. My next car will be an electric car. I'm certain of it, provided that it's a 64 Corvette. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, isn't that the uh, isn't that the car that um, oh, what's your name on the cover? Shit, I'm drawing a blank. Joan Didion. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that car that Joan Didion poses with her Corvette. You yeah. guys know what I'm talking about? I know That's exactly. So cool, but she's so damn cool. So she makes the car look cooler than it right. actually is. Yeah, Joan Didion. What a writer! I don't know if you guys have ever read her, but you're you magical to... thinking. There and we I go. A very very rough time. Everyone was like, "You're of magical thinking, Amelia." Sounds awful. I don't want to read it. And then I read it. There's a documentary on her that's great too. Oh really? Yeah, you guys should watch it together. Here we go. Okay. See, yeah. That's life tips now. Call your mom down. Have her, uh, okay. So, Hey, I do want to, before we go, Ryan, you mentioned earlier that your mom was like, Hey, you know, you should check out the million looks interesting. So is your mom like watching out for you? Is your mom like a wing mom? Oh, she, that's a good way to put it. She's definitely a wing mom. Cause I have like, from, for the most part of my adult life, I've been mostly single and I'm very close to my mom. We spend a lot of time together. We've traveled together, but she would love to see me be with somebody and be in love. And she's never, she's not overbearing. She's never been on my case much. But when she heard about Amelia months before I did the Leadville 100, she started following her and she was really impressed. And she thought, oh, this could be a potential. And she didn't know anything about Amelia's relationship status. I didn't know anything about her relationship status. So yeah, mom is definitely a wing mom. 
Oh, that's that's pretty cool. And how does mom get along with Amelia now? My mom's a big fan, for sure. And it's so not- are all my other friends. I mean, everybody loves Amelia. Yeah. Well, everybody, well, I mean, you know, nobody's universal. If you're universally loved, well, you're like the Dalai Lama. If you're, you know, what I, kind my, of life is that? My theory is what I've realized. If you're universally loved, you probably aren't taking a strong enough stance on anything. And like, you're almost kind of like, I think if you're universally loved, like you're not, you're almost like a wet fish in some ways because you mm-hmm. don't have a backbone. You're not like speaking up on anything. That's a really good point. And it's a really tough thing to do when you're like, if you have an organization that's like super nice, it's, it makes it really hard to, when you do have a backbone, like recently the school shootings, I just can't, I finally felt that in this case, like silence is total complicity, right? right. Every single sane person in the United States is like, this is enough with gun violence. I, well, we've been saying it for years, but like now it's like, no, for real this time, you know, um, <laughs> I'm really breaking up with you guns. Like, no, really, you know, changing the locks. And so, you know, that came out in the Super Nice Club post. Like, hey, this is, you know, Second Amendment rights above the lives of our kids. That's bullshit, right? And so people are pissed off. Like, you're supposed to be all about niceness. And it's like, yeah, but like you said, you can't just turn the other cheek. Sorry, Jesus. I mean, Jesus can turn the other cheek, but the rest of us, you know, have a hard time with that because it just, it ultimately you're standing for nothing. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah. sort of this squishy, smiley, where's the niceness if you're not standing for anything. It's, it's just, just a, like, it's like thoughts and prayers. It's meaningless, you know? Yeah. Pretty, wait, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> wait, what, what? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> you know that thoughts and prayers don't do anything, Todd? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I've been Not thinking and praying about my uh, wrist injury for a while now. And it's, wait, maybe you're right. Now that I think I'm pretty sure that they're not to get in an argument with you, Amelia and Ryan. I, I don't mean to like get into it with your, with your partner here, but pretty sure there's, in, there's billions of people and entire religions that, you know, pretty much proven that, that thoughts and prayers do work. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Okay. Hey, I'm all for thoughts and prayers, uh, but not thoughts and prayers alone. Uh, if you want to think right. and, 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 and pray, that's awesome. Right. Um, and I still, I still, it's, it's the conditioning, man. Did either one of you grow up Catholic? Yes. Okay. So that's why I can make fun of thoughts and prayers. Yeah. No, um, I still, I still do the sign of the cross when I hear like a, uh, an ambulance go by. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So my mom, my mom was super old school. She's yeah. like, you know, ambulance goes by, you do the sign of the cross, like, you know, thoughts and prayers for the person in the ambulance. Right. And I am not at all religious, like zero religious. I, you know, grew up in a multi-religious family, but um, I still do that. It's not, it's just wild to me that I, that I reflexively do it. And I wasn't really like that Catholic. I went to first right. communion. So like a year and a half of Catholic school or something like that. But yeah. It's uh I have thoughts and prayers like hardwired into me. I, I, I do. I mean, I was, I was very, very Catholic for a very long time, probably till my mid twenties, you know? And so I think it, and I don't think there's anything wrong with religion. You know, I just think that there are some things now that require more action beyond like thinking of you and you're in my prayers, you know? Okay. Well, that's great. But like, what, what can we do to help 
change. Yeah. I, what, what I'm enjoying right now is how you and I are both just like going, shit, we're not trying to offend anybody who's religious. <laughs> so we're like backpedaling a lot right now. But you know, I was But Todd, I really appreciated that you posted that stuff, you know, the yeah. Steve Kerr speech after yeah. the shooting and you know, yeah. Whenever I get slightly political on my YouTube channel, people freak out and they tell me to yeah. stick to bikes, stick to running. We don't yeah. want to hear you talk about politics, but to me, it's not politics. Right. It's humanity. Yeah. It is. that, And that's what it is. It is humanity. Everything ultimately can be viewed through a political lens. Even e-bikes. Even, yeah, even e-bikes. Those goddamn e-bike subsidies <laughs> are taking money away from... <laughs> yeah, even e-bikes. Uh, so I appreciate both of you. I appreciate your time. And I know you're both busy because mom's cooking lunch. She's going to come yeah. down pretty soon with some, with some hot pockets. Um, yeah. You've done this before, but you're going to do it again, uh, which is the super nice challenge. Um, something that you guys can put out the, oh, as a couple together. <laughs> challenge to the community. My hair. <laughs> <laughs> something nice people can do uh, to make the world a little bit nicer. And if you don't have anything, I can suggest something. But let's see what you guys got. I was trying to remember what I said for this last time. I know what I said. I said, bake some cookies and bring them to your neighbor. Yeah, I didn't do that. You didn't do that? All right. No. Mm -mm. Yeah. But you go to Burning Man, so I'm sure you give out a lot of nice things to people. And I, uh, Caitlin Glass, if you're listening, uh, who helps me bake 200, 300 cookies for Burning Man back in like 2015. Thank you, Caitlin. You're the best. Yeah. Once at Burning Man, we got coconuts and we kept them cold in a giant cooler and brought them out to the middle of the playa and gave out cold coconuts to people who were burning in the heat. That's pretty nice. That was pretty cool, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's using a lot of energy to keep those cold, though. <laughs> a lot of ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say I so my neighbor the other week mowed my lawn. Uh, I, I came home and my front yard was mowed, and I was like, I didn't know if I should be offended. Like it was somebody passive aggressively. That's, that was me, my first question. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like passively, like your lawn is out because you know how HOAs are now. I don't have an yeah. HOA, but I so I think that it's better if you as a neighbor tell the person that you're mowing their lawn first. <laughs> so they're not just like, Meh. I like yeah. surprises though. But I do. Now he's, he says he'll mow my lawn every time he mows his. So go mow somebody's lawn. Just make sure that they actually want it mowed. Yes. That's a, that's a big one. Mow your neighbor's lawn. Um, just not in a passive aggressive way. Okay. Mow, <laughs> mow, mow your neighbor's lawn in a non-passive, how about this? Ask your neighbor if they would like their lawn mode. There you yeah. go. For free. I have a good one, Todd. Okay, what do you got? It's summertime. When you're rolling by a lemonade stand, make sure to give those kids a big tip because they're okay. out there making lemonade for you. And, you know, they're struggling. These Boulder kids need a little extra <laughs> cash. You know, <laughs> uh, Ryan, Ryan paid a, uh, paid $20 for a cup of lemonade the other day and they didn't have change. So he, uh, paid $20. <laughs> okay. I, and I got two glasses thinking Amelia would love a glass of lemonade. And she's like, uh, I don't really like lemonade. <laughs> was it any good for $20? It was fine. It was like, you know, the, it's like crystal light mix or yeah. whatever. Yeah. That's what most lemonade costs in the West side of LA where I'm at. 
It's like 20 bucks. We did ride by a stand the other day where they were charging $5 for a cup of lemonade. And I was like, wow, wow. Inflation is hitting lemonade stands. So there's a guy uh, on my route each day and he's not, he's a kid, but he's like, I'm going to say 14 to 16 in there. So he's not like a cute little lemonade stand kid. And he either has on his table or on his head, this like Roman centurion helmet, but not a plastic one. The things looks like he might've dug it up. Right. It's like an old rusty looking centurion helmet. And then sometimes he has like a spear thing and that's like his shtick. And he's just like waves at everybody as they go by. It's like the Roman centurion lemonade stand. Are you sure Joe DeSena didn't send him there as like Spartan? I never even thought about that until just now. Yeah. (laughs) I'm that far removed. Although I did see at the, at the pier near the pier yesterday in Santa Monica, uh, an old uh, homeless guy. uh, He's, not old, old, but like well into his seventies. Um, and he was one of those homeless guys that you can just tell they've been on the street for a long time. Um, just lean, grizzled, leathery. And he had a Spartan shirt on. (laughs) And, uh, I was like, should I aru him or like, (laughs) I didn't, I thought about it, but then it just felt like I'm not trying to make fun of this guy. There was, but yeah, he was wearing like one of the old, like, one of the older ones. Like the old school, like Spartan. Yeah. Shirts. Yeah. I've, and I've gotten, I've sent a lot of those to the thrift stores. So maybe, yeah, uh, too, so, yeah. yeah. It'd have been one of ours. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of something better, Todd. Don't, oh, okay. give, don't give kids a, a big tip for a lemonade stand. How about if all the listeners out there make some really good lemonade, serve it in non plastic cups, maybe, you know, either paper cups that are wax based so we're not like polluting the environment and give it away. There you go. That's super oh, nice. That is awesome. Plus, then you put the kids out of business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure to be right next to the kids, <laughs> undercutting them. Undercut them. Tell them to, yeah, you know, start watching. We used to watch cars. Yeah, that'd be fun. Do a lemonade stand? You have to be in front of your house. My yeah, house my house would be traffic. great. I, I totally think that a lot of people would certainly stop to drink lemonade from two adults. Like, <laughs> It'd be like, What's the, is, there, is there booze in this? Yeah. Or, you know, it, it's got Burning Man stickers on the back of his, on his window there. Like, well, let's yeah. not do this. We don't know what's up here. All right. So uh, lastly, question for me. Do you guys have a question? You guys can team up on one. You can each ask one. But you remember this. Guess gets to ask question. Um, I don't remember what you guys asked me last time. I think Ryan asked me out. It's kind of yeah. awkward. I asked yeah. you out. It got weird. Yeah, hey, it got weird. You, Amelia wants to go on a date with you. And that's when you went silent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that um, what are you looking forward to this summer? Yeah. Besides getting your pop tart, your pop tarts. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I was like, I was like, there's a, there's a callback opportunity here. Yep. But what was it? I missed it. Yeah. It's like, that's the, the root beer pop tarts over the horizon. Um, heading down to Mexico. Ooh. Uh, looking forward to a couple of weeks down there. And Sprechen says Deutsch, so I'm in good shape. Sure. Yeah. Fine. Um, I just love Mexico. Who We all do, right? Oh, Mexico's the best country in the world. Uh, I even like I even like Guadalajara a lot. But I'm uh, going to do like a road trip starting in Cancun, go around, do the, some of the pyramids up in there, and, and uh, do that whole region for a couple weeks. So I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to finishing uh, the script I'm working on right now. It's an amazing project, film script. Finishing those feels great. I'm looking forward to the red carpet that will come after it for the yeah. Oscar for best screenplay. 
Um, yeah. No, but I mean, seriously, when you, you know, when you're training, when you're doing any of these things, you definitely consider, all right, I'm going to try to make this the best of the best. Like, there's no point otherwise, right? Like, well, I'll just get right. This is going to be kind of okay. No, I really want this to be like the best screenplay of the year. And it can be because this is what I'm good at, right? Mm-hmm. That and inappropriate humor, but I don't do that on the podcast. I really do yeah. think you're super witty and funny. I've said yeah. it to Amelia a few times. I'm like, man, he is witty. Yeah. I got to rein it in on the podcast though, which is what's like, I, when I stop, oh folks, hey, listen, if you're still listening to this ramble fest, mom, um, <laughs> this is the, this is the last, this is the last nice work podcast, uh, most likely. Well, there'll be one more guest number 100, super surprise, amazing guest, like my favorite person uh, will be episode 100, but you'll have to stay tuned for that one. Um, but I have been thinking about them going, oh, what, am I, what if I just change it? Like take a little break because I need to finish the script. That's a lot of the reason why I'm stopping the podcast. And uh, what if I started something different where I didn't have to sort of, well, I mean, we did make fun of global religion uh, <laughs> on this one. I mean, I think that, you know, I did admit to, to devouring copious amounts of hallucinogenics. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's not like it's completely reined in like, oh, it's all super nice. And we did completely smash anybody that doesn't agree with our opinion on guns. But other than that, well, so, you know, I mean, I, yeah, we offended about 90%. Yeah. I that do sounds like a good podcast, actually. I can do better. I can do better than that. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to the, uh, I'm looking forward to a little trip uh, with my people down to Mexico. And I'm looking forward to writing this. The writing is actually so rewarding. It's frustrating as fuck, but it's also so rewarding to be doing it to go, oh, I'm in it. It's good. And then it's like, I'm in it and it sucks. But you know, that whole process. This summer should be great. Spending time with kids. Yeah. Maybe seeing you guys if I get out to Colorado to visit my family. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you guys will be in LA at some point. Yeah. That didn't sound very committal, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. LA's on yeah. our list. Don't I know. You love LA. It just yeah. feels like your kind of city. Feels like your kind of city, Ryan. Feels like this is where you should live. Yeah, <laughs> I did my world, my time in the TV world. Uh, LA yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I say this all the time, but LA is all the good things and all the bad things mm-hmm. that people say it is. You know, it is. It's like all the shit people talk about LA is totally valid. Right. All the great things people say about it is totally valid. You know, you just have to. It has to work for you when you're here. You know, mm-hmm. and it works for me. It's probably not my forever city. I've had family here since 1860 something, but. I don't think that, uh, you know, I'll end up being here forever and ever because Duluth, right? You can come and <laughs> I'm going to say Fargo, but. You can come live in my mom's yeah. basement with us. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, for a basement, it has a lot of nice light. It has a lot of light, right? It really does. That's amazing. Those are, I know those are LED projection things that look like sliding glass doors, but high tech. Uh, Amelia, did you have any question or are you just. That was it with, with uh, no, um, it's the most important question in the world. It was actually okay. something that I was thinking about when I was uh running 100 miles the other day. Scott Keneally, <laughs> <laughs> are you still friends with Scott? Keneally? Uh, I haven't talked to Scott, I don't think I've spoken with Scott in close to two years, but yeah, the reason that that's how I met you, and it is because he told me that you were super weird. But it's okay because like like you're gonna be really weird, but like you're a good guy. And I was like, that's strange coming from Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Scott. It's not the fifth time you throw me under the bus in advance. <laughs> Love you, buddy. 
Okay, so what was your question? Oh, uh, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Oh, the, that's a great question. I don't, I mean, I think that there's no other way to say it other than it has to be the chicken because at some point the way evolution works, you have to birth the evolution. You have to birth the new species and it's going to manifest in a particular chicken that comes out, not in the egg itself. Right. I would agree. Yeah. But maybe you just offended all creationism by talking about evolution. I could give a shit if I offended creationists. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do want to go to the creationist museum though. Oh, there's a museum? Oh, when you're done, you, too, and mom, Google the Creationist Museum. It does look amazing. Where is it? Somewhere totally backwards, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, Florida? Alabama, Mississippi? Um, Utah? Utah. We're offending every state. Where's the Creationist Museum? I found one option. Creation Museum on Bulletsburg Church. It's on Bulletsburg Church Road. Let's try that one. Directions. <laughs> Let's see here. It's um, ah, it's two thousand one hundred eighty-six miles from here. So it's on the east coast. Yeah, but why doesn't it just tell me where it is? This is such a tease. I'm zooming in. Ah, oh, okay. It's wet. It's west of Cincinnati. Oh, oh it's in yeah. Ohio. O H. Yeah, it's outside of Hebron. Idlewild. That's a different Idlewild. I'm spending a weekend in Idlewild, California, next week. Very different out of the wild. Yeah, the Creation Museum. So, folks, by the way, just kidding. I'm a creationist. I like to make fun of myself a lot. This whole idea that it took billions of years to create the planet is ridiculous. It was magic. Yeah, it, it happened was magic. in seven days. Happened in seven days. Yeah, um, I like the idea. I like mythology a lot. I spent so much time in the in the library as a kid. Greek mythology, Roman mythology. People that want to buy into the mythologies and stuff of creation and, and the Native Americans, they all have the creation myths. No problem with it. If that's if that's your bag, it's great. Just don't teach it to my kids. That's all. Okay, <laughs> yeah. um, okay so we got it up to 96% offense rate. Thank Perfect. you. Thank you for that, Amelia. In one hour exactly. Yeah. I know. Well done. Good job. Um, we need to offend like cat and dog owners right now. So that's probably the last. Mm, yeah. I, I offend cat owners all the damn time on Facebook. Just because, yeah. you know, they, 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 next to humans, they uh, have driven the most species extinct. Um, oh, yeah. Domestic yeah. cats have. Yeah. I think uh, billions, billions of birds, birds each year. year in the United States. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and their mouths are the most septic thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Just about. Yeah. Uh, and they're not smart compared to dogs. Right. You know, but we anthropomorphize that cats are aloof. Like, well, by that logic, snakes are the smartest creature alive. Are you because, a quick story about snakes? Yeah, I do. I found one in my driveway yesterday, three days ago. Oh, Beautiful I San found- Diego gopher snake. Oh. I, I caught a rattlesnake in Amelia's garage last week. Really? Yeah, right in her garage. Her connected garage to it's her a house. Baby rattlesnake, too. So that means that I've got more in there. How so? Do you just you don't, you don't go in that garage very often? Nope, nope, <laughs> not anymore. How did you catch it? It was really small, and I had gloves on, and I just kind of, you know, I've I've had some experience with snakes. I love okay. having as pets as kids, so I yeah. I kind of know how to catch them. Yeah, my my boy Archer just lives for going out and checking out snakes. They went out on a walk just a few minutes from my house. I live right by a big trail um, network, fire roads and stuff. They went looking for snakes for a couple hours. 
didn't find any. And then there it was in the driveway when they got back. Ah, uh, it's a beautiful, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful creature. It really I is. I loved going out and catching yeah. snakes when I was a kid. Are you near Malibu Creek State Park? Well, I'm not far from it, but okay. I'm not near it. Yeah, as, I've run a lot of those trails lately. Yeah, yeah. They, they, look, it, they all look like that. It's kind of like you've been one, they're about the same. You're not going to, yeah, it's, it's scrubby, but it's what we got in LA. So I'm, I like him. You know, I moved here from Sonoma County, which is just a little bit prettier. Sorry, LA, love you, but like Sonoma County is amazing. Pretty, it's it pretty really pretty. is. Yeah. All right, you two. Thanks again. I am glad to know you both, and I'm. Yeah. It, it does. I'm. I'm sorry, but I like it. It tickles me that you guys are together. Yeah. Um, so I kind of think it has to stay that way because, like, well, selfishly, I would feel slight, partly responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I mean, I use you as a pickup line, so. Yeah, so like, you guys have to stay together for my sake. Like, don't worry. Yeah, we think you score. All right, so thanks. Appreciate you both quite a bit. Glad yeah. you're in the club. Thanks to your mom as well. Bye, buddy. Bye. All righty then. <laughs> there you have it. Episode 99 of Nice Work with Ryan Van Duzer and Amelia Boone, two wonderful, inspiring people who on their own came together from places of strength to connect and fall in love. And that's how it works, folks. You gotta both be coming from a place of strength. You must not need something from another person, okay? That's a truly equal situation. And and when equals connect, it's a really powerful thing. If, if like me, you used to look for or still do uh, broken birds, it probably says something about yourself too. You don't have everything together and you're deflecting, you're investing your energy into fixing someone else instead of fixing yourself, instead of doing the work on yourself. So stop doing that. Do the work on yourself. Become strong. And if you're already strong, stop settling for less than you deserve. Find your peer. Find your equal. Because mediocrity, more than misery, loves company. And if you're mediocre, you're going to attract mediocre. And if you're beyond and you're better than mediocre, and you're still being attracted to mediocre, it says that you've got some work to do. Stop. Pause. Stop dating until you have done that work. And then when strong people who have their acts together are starting to be attracted to you, you know you're on the right track, all right? But doing the work is not a forever thing. You can regress as well. So never take the work that you've done for granted. Never pat yourself on the back too much, all right? Because you got to keep the habits going. Anyway, I want a root beer popped heart, and I'm willing to trade something. I don't know, the, the shirt off my chest for that root beer pop tart. I want it, it's gotta be in the foil wrapper, okay? Preferably with another one in a box, or two, or four. I don't know how many pop tarts come in a box, but I would love a box of pop tarts. Root beer ones. So, reach out. Uh, if you if you were offended a little bit, or a lot of it, by anything we said today, and you have a different position, and that position is coming from a place of love, instead of a place of domineering and hate, like it is with the Supreme Court justices, I wanna hear about it. I wanna hear your side, okay? I really do. And, and let's talk about it. Let's start a dialogue. Let's, let's start messaging. Let's talk on the phone, whatever, video chat. I'm, I'm very opinionated and have strong feelings and emotions, probably like you do, about a lot of topics. That doesn't mean that I don't want to talk to people whose ideas differ from mine, okay? And it doesn't mean that I take it personally if you believe in something different than I do. I hope you do. Jesus. That, that whatever. 
you get what I'm saying. Anyway, all right, so this is the second to last episode, which means the last one is number 100. Oh, I wish I could tell you who that guest was going to be. Anyway, I can't, all right? I have two minds, two minds of this, whether or not I should tell you. Anyway, until then, love you and stay nice. <laughs>